Say hello to a new friend on an old road. Take a two-lane trip of memories into mysteries unknown. Come along for the ride. Jim Hinckley's America. Jim Hinckley's America. Hey, good morning, everyone. How are we doing this beautiful, beautiful day? Hey, today we're going to take a step back, continuing our series on uh, ghost towns, western frontier towns, communities. Uh, I've got two of them to share with you this morning. Uh, Gold Road and Oatman, Arizona, in the Black Mountains, just uh, above the Colorado River. Great and fascinating story for today. A little shout out to uh, Joe, Woody, and the boys of the road crew for our theme song. Check out some of their road trip inspiring tunes at uh, roadcrew66.com. And there is a Route 66 connection. So with that said, let's uh, start with, let's set the stage, if we will, for the story of Oatman, the name Oatman. On February 18, 1851, the family of Royce Oatman was traveling west. They were alone, and they were on the Gila Trail, headed for Yuma, when a party of Yavapai, or possibly Tonto Apache, overran their wagon. The family was murdered. The lone survivors were Olive, 12 years old at the time, and Mary Ann, age 8, and Lorenzo the oldest son who was clubbed and left for dead. The sisters were taken captive and later traded to a band of Mojave Indians who lived along the Colorado River. They received surprisingly decent treatment, though Mary Ann did not survive the ordeal of native life. As was the custom of Mojave women, Olive was tattooed on the chin. Lorenzo survived, moved to California, and then hoped someday to find his sisters. In 1856, Henry Grinnell of Fort Yuma secured the freedom of a white captive living among the Mojave Indians with an exchange of trade goods. The reunion of Olive with her brother several months later garnered attention in newspapers throughout the country, and for the remainder of her life, uh, it was kind of anticlimactic. She married, raised a family, and uh, died quietly at the age of 64, but she was quite a celebrity. Spent a lot of time speaking throughout the country. Okay, let's start with uh, Gold Road, and then we'll get to Oatman. Gold Road now is completely gone. Uh, Route 66, which is the pre-1956 alignment of Route 66, passes through Gold Road and Oatman over Set Greaves Pass. Here you'll find the uh, sharpest curves and steepest grades anywhere on Route 66, and as you twist into the remains of Gold Road, there is an active mine still there, large mine tailings, mostly foundations, few stone walls, not much left. In fact, it takes a vivid imagination to see a vibrant community in the scattered ruins and assorted rock-strewn roads that wind into the surrounding canyons or the uh, mine tailings at Gold Road. 
Gold Road, as with Oatman, is a relative newcomer to the annals of Arizona mining towns. It dates back to around 1900 when Jose Jerez stumbled on a surprisingly rich vein of gold while rounding up burrows that had strayed from his camp in the Black Mountains. That's the story. But uh, prospectors have been finding color or traces of gold at least back to 1863. A lot of these fellows were uh, troopers, soldiers down at Fort Mojave on the Colorado River, had a little time to kill and spent their off time wandering the mountains. Uh, John Moss made a pretty, uh, pretty good discovery to the north of this. In fact, the Moss Mine has been reopened. Anyway, this sparked short spurts of mining and exploration in the area, but uh, Jerez's discovery was different in several aspects. First, Jerez had been grubstaked by Henry Lovin uh, for $15. Henry Lovin is quite a character. He came out west from uh, North Carolina, uh, made some money in ranching and grubstaking prospectors, developed uh, some political connections, opened several businesses, uh, was Mojave County Sheriff at one point, was appointed by the uh, President of the United States to assist with development of the Arizona State Constitution, uh, and then uh, became Mojave County's first state senator. In downtown Kingman, the old sportsman's bar sandwiched between the Hotel Beale and the Hotel Brunswick, built about 1907 is shown as the Lovin' Building on the capstone. Well, anyway, uh, Lovin' was a successful Kingman merchant, and uh, Jerez's discovery proved to be a precursor to a substantial load of, of uh, ore. In 1901, 1901-1902, Lovin' and Jerez sold the claim for $50,000. And, uh, of course, Jerez kind of faded into obscurity. Story is he kind of drank himself to death. Uh, Levin went on to, as I mentioned, other things. Uh, it is estimated that more than $7 million of gold was ex extracted from deep rock tunnels at the uh, Gold Road Mine between 03 and 1931. Smaller mines, a mill, and a wide array of service facilities that met the needs of motorists on the National Old Trails Road, a precursor to Route 66, and then Route 66 itself, ensured the community of about 400 people was quite prosperous and busy. Uh, one of the businesses there was a Dunton's Garage. He uh, rented mining equipment, ran the school bus, the garbage service, but his garage and service station has a long Route 66 connection. In uh, our Dutton was the... Uh, builder of Cool Springs, another Route 66 landmark. And then in 1946, he established uh, Dutton Motors, which is still in Kingman. His nephew, Roy Dutton, that worked as a tow truck driver there in Gold Road, uh, would later uh, take over management of Dutton Motors, now uh, Dutton Motors Dream Machines, and the headquarters for the Route 66 Association of Kingman. And then uh, they took the Chemo Cafe next door, transformed it into Mr. D's Route 66 Diner. Anyway, and he also owned, uh, he had a towing service to help people over the pass there on Route 66 because of the grades. Uh, 
The mines went through a period in the 1930s. There was a lot of ups and downs, the Great Depression, other things kind of hindered things. And uh, then the company began transferring a lot of equipment and personnel to mines it owned in the Silver City, New Mexico area. And then in World War II, the uh, government deemed gold mines non-essential. And, uh, well, the mine company kind of packed things in. They uh, did not, uh, they decided to just close up shop after some of the mines had flooded, things of that nature. And then a state tax law uh, that uh, mine companies had to pay on buildings, whether they were used or not. And that led the mine company to dismantle the uh, buildings in the community. Okay, that takes us to Oatman. Oatman is probably one of the most famous of the Route 66 ghost towns. And there's only a few original buildings. The town has uh, devolved or evolved into a tourist destination, a caricature, if you will, of what a mining town is expected to be. Uh, Oatman is located on the western slopes of the uh, Black Mountains above the Colorado River. And uh, it's a relative newcomer. The town dates to 1902 when Ben Taddock made a significant gold discovery in the shadow of the looming elephant's tooth, a very, very distinctive white rock formation. With the sale of the property to the Vivian Mining Company in 1903, development of the mines and the mining camp began to proceed at a rapid clip. Within two years, the community then called Vivian consisted of a very active chamber of commerce, two banks, several stores, and a population of around 100 people. The community was renamed Oatman in 1909, a year after the next big gold discovery and the subsequent formation of the Tom Reed Mining Company. The speculation is that the name change was in honor of all of Oatman, the young girl I mentioned previously. There is a persistent legend that the name comes from her son who was born while she was in captivity with the Mojaves, but there is no historic evidence of this. Uh, the town became uh, just boomed. The opening of the United Eastern Mine in 1913 and then the establishment of the National Old Trails Road which funneled traffic through town in uh, commencing in 1914. This became Route 66 in 1926. And uh, well, during the peak period around 1920, estimates placed the population at uh, Oatman, nearby Gold Road, and a little camp just south of town uh, named Old Trails, somewhere close to 10,000 people. Tough to believe today. Uh, over the years, the town had several brushes with fame. In 1914, Barney Oldfield and Louis Chevrolet, as well as a half a dozen other drivers, roared through town in the last of the Desert Classic Cactus Derby races. In the late 1930s, Clark Gable and Carol Lombard married in Kingman and uh, had a reception at the Brunswick Hotel in Kingman. 
Now, there is a legend that they honeymooned at the Oatman Hotel, which is the largest adobe structure still standing in Mojave County and the oldest building in Oatman. Well, there's quite a problem with that story. Um, it's such a persistent legend. It's written about often. And uh, even at the Oatman Hotel, they advertise that you can see the honeymoon suite. The story didn't appear until the old Durland Hotel was re was purchased in the 1960s renamed and uh the fella claimed that the ledger books of course got burned in a fire but he had found out that clark gable and carol lombard had stayed there the problem with this myth with this legend is that after they honeymooned in uh married in kingman the honeymooning couple uh headed for las vegas on highway 466 which looped down to barstow and they were in Los Angeles the next morning at 8 o'clock for a press conference. Mm -hmm. Well, the distinctive rock formation and the picturesque black mountains that loom above the town, as well as a scattering of weathered buildings, present the illusion that Oatman is a movie set. And that's exactly what it was on several occasions. Some of the buildings were built for these films. The most notable movies filmed here were Foxfire, 1955, Edge of Eternity in 1959, and How the West Was Won in 1962, and then Roadhouse 66 with Judge Reinhold and William Defoe in 1984. Uh, with the bypass of Route 66, the closure of the mines by World War II, by the late 1950s, Oatman had a population of somewhere around 50 people. And... Uh, it was the resurgent interest the era of Route 66 renaissance gave the town a boom. They have staged gunfights in the streets, all manner of eclectic shops. Uh, Burroughs roam the street, and as I always tell people, it's nice to see that not all the asses are in Washington. And only a handful of original buildings remain, such as the Oatman Hotel, which, by the way, is a great place for a buffalo burger. And... Uh, you can get a glimpse of what it must have been like when Route 66 ran through town and the mines were busy because sometimes it can take you 30 minutes to drive through town and it's only a couple blocks. Well, my friends, I hope you found this program particularly interesting and I hope that you will encourage your friends to uh, join us Monday morning for another episode of Wake Up With Jim. And uh, please share this program, invite your friends to enjoy this. I want to give a shout out to the magical, wonderful, delightful city of Tucumcari, New Mexico, and the living time capsule of the Roadrunner Lodge, a Route 66 treasure there in Tucumcari. And uh, thank them for their support. My friends, until we meet again, adios, mi amigos, and vaya con Dios. I hope you enjoyed this program. Take care, my friends. Say hello to a new friend on an old road. 
Take a two-lane trip of memories Into mysteries unknown Come along for the ride Jim Hinckley's America Jim Hinckley's America